Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Happy Epiphany. Today we just heard in the Gospel one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. We read it each year on this feast day, and we try to glean from it a new sense of how God is revealing God's self, God's love, and God's purpose for our lives. And most often you will hear sermons this day that focus on what we call the three kings, though we don't really know that they were kings. We use the kings as symbols of God's expansive love and underscore that the visit of these magi, these wise ones, represent the many cultures and lands that God will touch through the love of Jesus Christ. But there is another story, another story that's woven into the story of the text that we just heard this morning, one that I think calls to us here in this very particular time, in this very particular community, one that may invite us into a deeper conversation about Trinity's future, and the path that we seem to be heading down now in these imminent days. Before we enter that story, though, I want you to listen perhaps once again to the well-known Robert Frost poem, The Road Less Traveled. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there had warned them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I marked the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Now sit back. Sit back and listen to a story within the story. This is a story of not three, but two kings. Once upon a time, there lived a king in a lavish palace and was surrounded by advisors and scribes and servants. His kingdom grew as his armies conquered and captured people of other lands. He built great fortresses, waterways, and theaters. The people in his kingdom called him Herod the Great, but the Roman authorities elsewhere in the empire simply called him the King of the Jews. About that time, there was a second king who lived in a small rural hillside not very far away. His birth in a manger 
drew shepherds from their flocks and angels from heaven. We meet him as an infant, small and vulnerable, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And yet from the beginning, something in this baby is different. The story of his birth marks a moment of hope and points us towards the potential of God's coming reign. His family called him Jesus. But the angel Gabriel, upon appearing to Mary, his mother had called him the king of the Jews. This is the story now of two kings, one who ruled by fear and one who ruled by love. One who embodied tyranny, the other who embodied compassion. One whose leadership was based in the authority of empire, the other in the authority of a God of love, reconciliation, hope, compassion, and justice. This is the story of two kings. Matthew's gospel tells us about both of these two kings. When the Magi from the east come to King Herod, telling him about a star rising on the horizon and the birth of an infant king, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that Herod was frightened. He quickly devises a plot to kill the child, asking the Magi to go find the baby and then to tell him where he lives. He lies to them, saying that he wishes to worship the king of the Jews. The truth is, he likes that title for himself, thank you very much, and will go to any length to keep it for himself. The story of the Magi themselves is one that has been altered and adapted throughout history. While we know them as the figures in our nativity scenes, three men, often seen as representations of Gentile communities from the East, Matthew provides really no distinguishing characteristics whatsoever in the gospel story. He says only that they are from the East. He does not even actually give us a number only that there is more than one. They have been watching the sky, and when a star appears and begins to move, they leave their communities to follow it. They enter a foreign land, looking for the Messiah whose birth is announced by this strange celestial symbol. They, like the shepherds in the field, are watchers, and with their eyes are glued to the horizon, and then they begin the long journey. But remember, this is a story of two kings. The ancient world celebrated power much in the same way that we do today. Herod's kingship, his political authority, was confirmed and accepted not only by the Roman state, but also by his own subjects. His influence was a worldly one, and both of the names that he was given, Herod the Great and King of the Jews, illustrate how truly powerful he was. He was a rich man, the symbol of success. But Herod was a tyrant, and he was the very type of king that Jesus would warn about once Jesus begins his adult ministry. Herod is a symbol of the principalities and powers that the coming reign of God is meant to subvert and actually destroy. Ultimately, the Magi had a choice to make, a choice between two kings. 
Ultimately, the Magi had to decide what road to take when it came time to leave after their visit. Their instructions were to go back to Herod and make a full report. But here, Matthew gives us one of the most beautiful and simple verses in the entire passage. After the Magi worship the child Jesus and present him with their gifts, we are told that they left for their own country by another road. The Magi, it seems, took the road less traveled, and that indeed made all of the difference. So powerful was that first vision of Christ, the incarnate God that we celebrate in the Epiphany every year, that the Magi altered their entire course, their entire future. Rather than go back to Herod, to the king whose power was affirmed by the empire, they quietly chose another route, another direction for their lives. What did they have to risk to reject the power and prestige of the ruling world? How were they changed as they made the decision to embrace the vulnerable, indescribable love of Christ? This is the story of two kings. But it is not just the story of two kings, is it? Isn't it also a story for us and maybe even about us? Isn't it a story when seen through the filter of the road not taken, an invitation to remember that we have choices about who and how we want to live as a community of faith? We are at an important crossroads as we begin this new year of 2021 together. In many ways, I think we too will be asked time and time again in the coming months, which king do we want to follow? Which road will we choose to travel? How will we make choices in ministry together? What will we have learned from this season of being apart and staying deeply connected? What will we be willing to risk in order to embrace God, who is God is calling us to be in this important time and place? My prayer for us in this season of Epiphany is that we will seek out ways to move ever more deeply into being faithful disciples and followers of the King of Love. There is no shortage of ways that we can start doing that and continue to do that. Here are just a couple of ideas. We can sign up for something for pure fun, for pure connection. How about the newly forming ukulele choir? Or come to a Thursday night choir rehearsal via Zoom, where you will be surprised at how wonderful the King of Love shows up in unexpected and delightful ways as we connect one to another while still apart. How about joining us for our first book club conversation later this month as a way to extend our work as a community committed to building beloved community, breaking down the walls of ignorance and privilege through learning more about our country's history and the power of storytelling as together we stand against racism. How about planning on joining us as a community on Tuesday, January 19th 
that evening when we will come together and we will hear about the feasibility study that your vestry has decided to take on as we discern the next steps for our community, for our building, and for ways that we can move into ministry in this new year. Maybe it's time for you to volunteer on a third Thursday of any month as together a few people come together safely to put together beautiful lunches that will be delivered to our community partner, Toledo Streets. You could also right now today download our online church directory and send some cards, a note to someone who maybe needs to hear from you, knowing that you too can extend the love of Christ. Each and every way of these simple invitations to follow the King of Love is a way to move forward together while still separate. And every day, we are like the Magi, standing at a crossroad, deciding which route to take, which king to worship, how will we find our way home? May these days be embraced and unwrapped as delicious, delightful gifts from God. May we trust that the road not taken will reveal the king of love in our lives. May we choose to have courage to let go of anything that keeps us from choosing that path. And may we offer all that we have, all that we are, all that we are still becoming on this journey. And I promise that will make all the difference. Happy New Year. May it be so.